0: Welcome to the Professional Services Pursuit, a podcast featuring expert advice and insights on the professional services industry. I'm Banu, and today I'm joined by our very own Christine Dunham. Christine is Kintata's Senior Director of People, Development, and Culture, and I'm extremely excited to have her on today. Christine has spent 21 years working at Ingram uh, Micro before Kintata in global talent management and organizational development. She's extremely passionate about company culture and employee engagement and has an infectious enthusiasm for the topic, as you will very soon find out. Welcome to the podcast, Christine. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you. I know I've seen your passion repeatedly on this topic and really wanted to have you as a guest to share that, your experience and and your passion. With our listeners. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and how you ended up in people development and culture. This is a quite a unique role. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I went to school. My bachelor's was in speech communication. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but when I figured out that I was really comfortable, you know, speaking in front of people and I, I'm pretty passionate about communication in general, just conveying ideas and information and how it influences people, I got very excited about that. And then I ended up going to graduate school for communication studies to continue that learning. And while in graduate school, I got an internship at the Hershey Entertainment and Resort Company in Pennsylvania, because I'm from Pennsylvania originally, and I got hired in to work in the learning and development department. And what was asked of me, my role was in learning and development, and it was to do customer service training. And so if you think about Hershey Entertainment Resort Company, they have a big amusement park. And I got to do customer service training with all of those team members. And I loved it. And I loved just thinking about what are the behaviors and the skills that these people need to go out and be really effective and really have a positive impact on the customers. And so beyond the training, I got to be a secret shopper, which meant I could go out throughout the park and interact with the team members and just see if they were applying what they learned and when I saw that they were and I saw the positive impact it had on the customers they felt special and valued uh, I just realized that this was this was pretty cool and so you know after that internship I actually moved to California and all of my roles beyond that were in learning development and organizational development that's my educational background. But along the way, I got to the companies I worked for really invested in me. And I was able to attain so many different certifications on leadership and change management and just behaviors and all of that amazing stuff that I get to do today. So I'm pretty obsessed. You know, you mentioned in the intro, I'm enthusiastic. I am obsessed with really just the employee experience. I just think I want people to love what they're doing. I want them to feel confident in what they're doing. And I wanted them to be able to do it in an environment that really
0: sets them up for success. So that is how I landed here. Love that. Um, I know there's so much we can focus on and time is limited. So with the onset of the switch to hybrid and remote work that's been going on, we're going to focus this conversation to understand how, with your experience and all your knowledge, you've directed Quintata and have been able to position best practices in this environment. It's been fantastic, right? Having the flexibility to be in my pajamas, have the cat go across the desk with the dog barking in the background. All of that is great, but to ensure that everyone, all the employees are staying engaged, they are aligned with the value culture of the company and basically driving the company forward while allowing them that flexibility is now there is a new challenge ahead of us to make sure that that happens. So what are some of the most critical elements we have lost with the new remote environment, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, when I think about that, just being someone who's, you know, been in the in the corporate environment for so many years and just being in person a majority of the time and then switching to this fully remote and distributed workforce, right? We're across the globe and time zones. And as you mentioned, I'm a huge fan of the, you know, wear my pajamas or my sweatpants, right, to work. But there are some key things that I think that are challenges that impact our engagement and culture. And there's about three I'd mention. The first one is that informal communication and connection. And think about when we were in person and in the office, We had those informal check-ins and conversations, you know, while getting coffee, while you have a meeting in a conference room and it ends and you linger. And in these casual interactions, amazing things can happen, right? There's problem solving, there's brainstorming, there's these amazing face-to-face real-life check-ins where you're getting feedback, based on you know how are things going and not only the words that people are sharing but when you're face-to-face exchanging that energy you can read body language and see how someone's really feeling so that ability to have that informal communication and connection and that immediate feedback is one the second is obviously the in-person interaction and what i mean by that is again being someone who studied communication and really the behaviors of human beings That in-person communication just accelerates connection and trust. And so you meet people through a screen, but it's so different when you meet someone in person. So I feel that we've had to work really hard and be really intentional to replace that in a virtual environment. Because I'll say it again, in-person interactions accelerates trust, the getting to know you phase, more of an emotional connection. And that's really foundational for how we work and collaborate. And then the third piece that's a challenge that I think about day in and day out and make a great deal of effort around is collective culture. And what I mean is that collective culture is really these rituals and these routines and these interactions that are across the organization. In a remote environment, we meet a great deal with our teams or our clients or the departments that we need to work with on a regular basis, but we get less interaction exposure to everyone across the company. So that's one of the things that I think about is, you know, we'll talk about best practices later, but really having like cohesion and shared common language and shared culture is something you have to work harder at in this environment.
0: Yeah. And I know each of these challenges with the work environment as it is the hybrid and the remote is going to probably take hours of discussion or can take hours of discussion. For the purposes of today, though, I know we've discussed maybe going at it with the top four or five best practices that we can leave our listeners with of things to watch out for to mitigate some of these issues that can come up because of the new work environment. So, do you want to share with us the first one? Absolutely. So, when you
1: think about some best practices to really strengthen that engagement and that connection and the culture, The first one I would mention is nothing new. So our listeners are going to hear this and go, yes, of course, but I'll talk about it in a different angle. Shared vision, clear roles and goals. And so this is just fundamental to the success of any organization. But I believe that having this shared vision and these goals is more important now than ever because we are sitting at home in our own offices and so we have all of our little mini offices and just to be able to think about each and every day what is our north star really as an organization what's our purpose and our promise that's what we really call our vision here at cantata but what are we working toward? How do I fit into that as an individual contributor? And it's so motivating when you understand that and you know that the work that you're doing day in and day out, that it's really contributing to the success of why your organization exists and really what your vision and your purpose is. I think in today's remote environment, one of the things I think is incredible because I'm a fan of flexibility is that it doesn't matter where you're working, in some scenarios, it doesn't matter when you're working. It's just that you're focusing on and doing the right work. So again, I would just say having that shared vision and those goals, not just having them because that's the thing where everyone will say, well, of course, but it is, it's is—it's communicating them, making them compelling, repeatedly communicating them and on regular you know on a regular basis when your company comes back together just really kicking off those meetings by saying here's why we exist Here's what our purpose, our promise, our vision is. Here's what's most important to do this quarter, this year, and really give everybody that North Star. I think that's absolutely critical.
0: Yeah. And and you're right. I mean, having a common vision and clear roles and goals is in itself not new. It's the what, but it's the how that has evolved and changed. And so really like your, your suggestions. I mean, again, the workforce and how they interact has changed. The workforce itself is very much being dominated by Generation Z, which in itself, the way they've been brought up, what their expectations are, are very different than what the generations before had. So in addition to that flexibility, like making sure that everyone... Regardless of the generation you come from and the experience that you've had, you understand the direction you need to head to make sure that the company is successful, the customers are successful. So again, that shared vision and clear roles and goals in this remote environment, how you make sure that everyone is clear and directed towards that same goal was a fantastic first one to start with. And so let's get to the second one. Yeah, the second one
1: I would say is a shared set of values. Again, not new, Banu. new. It's not new, but I had the amazing opportunity to go through a values refresh and a values launch and to really, when we say have a shared set of values or have core values that are the guiding principles of your organization, first and foremost, I encourage everyone, don't just... Put these corporate jargon gobbledygook words together you know to say things that you think people want to hear really think about what you want your guiding principles to be how you want your people to show up day in and day out when they're interacting with colleagues when they're interacting with clients and the community so i want them to be true to the organization so really having these values because i'll say it again these bump things up a bit. It's not just what we're doing, but it's how we're doing them. And so I think about my values. A lot of our team members say they have their values posted in their office, just because it helps guide them in the way that they, you know, the actions they take, the decisions that they make, you know, maybe they're at a crossroads, and they're trying to decide something and having those values just right there in front of you. I think what that does, again, it gives us all this sort of common language, common behavior that really represents who Cantata is and what we want to be known for and what we've done as an organization to really, again, make these values come to life is we, you know, obviously we share them and we repeat them and we have them many places that you can access them, but we have awards, that have been designed to acknowledge and celebrate values-based behavior. So specifically, not numbers that you hit, you know, not, you know, hitting a certain percentage, but really we have something called flare awards, which enables anyone across the organization to recognize a colleague and say, I saw something great today when it comes to values-based behavior, and I'm going to nominate that person for a flare award and share what they did in accordance with our values. And then we share that across the organization and we hand out some prizes, but it sends the message that these things are important and that we really, really value the behaviors that our employees, how they're showing up and just living in accordance with what we think is most important.
0: As as a both a nominee and a nominator of Flair Awards, I've got to tell you, what a fantastic idea because you're constantly thinking And refocusing yourself on the values that Cantata has communicated and placed out there and assessing people's performance and your own performance in the context of those values and then rewarding them and recognizing them. So it's not enough to direct people, but to be able to measure and recognize, going back to your point about OKRs, I mean, having throughout the organization, basically measurements that will drive to that goal. And everyone clearly understands what they're being measured on, what the company's performance is uh, measured on, and what your trickle down role is actually contributing to that. And therefore, what do you need to do? And how will that be measured to meet that? So I love the Flair Awards. And, And I actually think we have in excess of 50 each month. I mean, the participation has been incredible. Absolutely.
1: And I'm always thrilled to see how many come through. And I think what you're seeing is it's this shared, we're creating a culture of feedback because what these flare Awards it is not just leaders, you know, nominating and recognizing. I mean, it's anybody at any level throughout the organization. When they see something, I always say, when you see something great, say something. So if there's somebody shows up on your team or in a meeting or in a client call and they do something remarkable, worth remarking on, I always say, then it's amazing that we can have that across the organization. So absolutely, it just brings things to life. I always say, you know, moves things from just a, as we used to say, a plaque on the wall, but now we're remote. But you know, these values are on our intranet site or they're in our new hire guidebook, but it takes those things off the page, literally shows people living them. And we just want to celebrate, we saw you do this. This is the impact that it had and it makes a difference.
0: I love that, I love that. Okay, so now moving on to the third best practice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the third best practice I would say is around really people and leadership development. So you think about, again, this concept of engagement and performance and building culture in a remote environment, our people and our leaders, their development, so really providing growth and learning opportunities across the organization to really equip our people with the mindset and the skills to be successful. And that's again, very broad, but what we do is we think about in today's remote world, in the, you know, the goals that we have, what we're trying to accomplish, what are the skills and behaviors that are gonna really move us forward? So honing in on those and bringing people together to learn. And I'll say there's a couple reasons why. Obviously, investment in your people's development is critical. If you want to attract amazing talent, you need to have learning and development opportunities. But the other thing that I see happening that is phenomenal is that we are bringing people together in these classes that I get to facilitate from all over the organization. You know, I'd mentioned earlier about collective culture. So here's an opportunity to hear from, to interact with, to gain insights. We use breakout groups quite a bit throughout Zoom so we can have smaller groups discuss a question. I can't tell you how many times people come back and say, that was an amazing session. And yes, I learned things, but the most valuable piece was to connect and network with people in my breakout group that I don't always get to speak to and share their insights and learn a bit more about them. So just the methodology that the format that we use and having these offerings across the organization, I think is so valuable. The other thing I would mention is in this remote distributed environment, the role that leaders play is so critical. You know, I talked earlier about We don't have an opportunity to always interact cross-functionally, but when we have our leaders and we're able to, again, they have bought into our purpose, promise, and our values. They are learning how to best manage, coach, and lead in a remote environment. They're really out there influencing culture, influencing performance, and really being sort of our ambassadors of our culture, and I think that that's just so critical So we do a great deal of of training when it comes to our leaders and our people, again, to not only invest in them, but to ensure all of these important things we've talked about are reinforced. And really, we just want to provide everybody the opportunity just to grow and evolve and really be successful in their careers.
0: And in that context, and this may be a bit of a sidetrack from the conversation, but just was curious about your thoughts around mentorship in this distributed work environment. Both of us are leaders in technology, women leaders in technology and mentorship specifically in terms of what it could mean for women. And just your perspective on that would be would be interesting. Yeah, I'm
1: a big fan of mentorships. And I think the reason is when you really think about the relationship of a mentor and a mentee, you have an individual where you're having this one-on-one attention where you get to have conversation as the mentee you have someone that you admire someone that has achieved something or a role or they have experience that you can learn from And you have this opportunity to have conversations and really ask them questions and gain advisement and hear about the journey they've taken, about the mistakes they've made, choices they've made, successes they've had. And so I think that that is so powerful. There's so many ways in which we can grow and evolve and gain self-awareness and grow our skills. And I think that mentorship is really important. I even think as we're talking about this theme of a remote environment, being intentional about connections is really important. So if you have a real mentor-mentee relationship set up where you're meeting regularly, and then you have you know goals and specific things that you're talking about, I think that that is so critical. Because again, sometimes we get to know someone in the days when we worked in person, we might get to know somebody and then go to lunch sometimes and sort of an informal mentorship occurs. But now that that isn't always an opportunity, I think having mentorships is such a great idea and you can learn so much from somebody who's done things that you hope to do and really gain their insights and hopefully be able to make some choices that help you achieve those goals.
0: No, I love that. I mean, that's exactly the reason I brought it up is because when we were in person, I think there was some level of informal mentorship that happened, right? Because a mentor is not always your direct manager or even your organizational direct leadership, right? It could be someone else that you feel is, you know, is in line with where you want to go career wise, and you can basically reach out and have conversations, have a coffee. And through that, you're getting mentored. So I love the fact that you were encouraging people to actually have formal mentorship programs where now that we are remote right to make sure that if it doesn't happen naturally because you're having a coffee or lunch or grabbing that that it does because you've got a program that allows for people to basically have a mentor and and be a mentor to others and help them with their career development so that's great and then the fourth one yeah the fourth
1: one i would say is a culture of feedback if we take a moment and we think about what i've shared so far we talked about having a shared vision, clear roles and goals, and making sure that they're designed well, that they're community created across the organization, that they're compelling, that you're bought into them. We have a shared set of values, right? Here's our guiding principles and rewarding you for showing up and behaving in in this amazing way. We talked about developing our, our people and our leaders. And so the culture of feedback, I think when you have all of those things built into your ecosystem and into your culture, now, as you mentioned earlier, wow, we know what's expected of us and we know what we need to do to be successful and influential and to make a contribution. So I think we wrap it up with this culture of feedback because how amazing to have a, you know, an environment and I say culture of feedback because here's the difference. We could throw around that, yeah, feedback. We, we give feedback. Feedback is part of our manager toolkit but a culture of feedback means that it's a norm. That it's comfortable that it happens regularly and frequently and that it's not only giving feedback. I think that's really common, right? You know, we have our managers and they give feedback and they're one to ones and at performance review time, but it's also seeking feedback all levels of the organization to say, Wow, we've been working on a project now for months. What could I do differently when it comes to leading meetings or whatever the case may be? So. The norm, regular reoccurring feedback where we're not only giving it, but we're seeking it. And I just know that from a connection perspective, from focusing on the right things, from building trust, from learning a culture of feedback, many, many studies and lots of research exists where organizations that have a culture of feedback, they outperform those organizations that don't. And I'm proud to say at Cantata, you know, we do a few things to we're not, you know, no one's perfect. We're building and enhancing our culture of feedback, but one, we've been training our managers on the importance of quality conversations and a quality conversation is one where we're providing coaching and direction and support and ensuring that, you know, we're providing that positive feedback or course correcting when we need to, so we can focus on the right things. Uh, We also have a performance management process, which again, all organizations do or they should. But again, what that means is that it's not just end of year review time. What we do is we ensure that we are revisiting our goals. We are talking about them. We are changing them if need be. And it's not just saving all of your feedback for that one final conversation. It is ensuring that you're having conversations month to month, week to week so that everybody knows how they're doing, you know where they can do better, and what they're doing really well. And we also have Office Vibe. And Office Vibe, it's an employee engagement platform And it's built around these automated pulse surveys. And I'm a huge fan of it because, again, especially in a remote environment where we're not having these casual check-ins, you know, while getting coffee or at a meeting or at the water cooler, as they say. But this we all receive in Cantata. We receive these really quick, well-designed, like five-question engagement surveys where we answer them and then we take that feedback really seriously. So the leadership team is looking at this feedback on a regular basis, looking for trends, looking at areas where things are going really well, looking at areas where things are not going so well, and then discussing those things with our teams, creating action plans so that ultimately we're just staying again in touch with how things are doing and actually doing things to improve the employee experience and to address the feedback that's coming through. We've been using it for, gosh, we started I guess last summer and I'm excited that we're gonna continue to do that because having a system in place that supports one of the things that we wanna do which is create a culture of feedback And it's an easy to use system. I think that's absolutely critical to uh, keeping up and building our culture of feedback.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I've got to say I'm a total fan of Avis Vibe. I thought it was a fantastic investment by the company. But the most critical part is and the reason why... Myself, my team, we, we all provide the feedback because the surveys are quick is because it's a closed loop process. The management, we see that during all our all hands that feedback is addressed. So I'm not just providing feedback into a vacuum, but I'm seeing action is being taken. My feedback is being recognized. And I think that is so critical of any feedback system, but also to have put this back in my hands to be able to recognize people and have others recognize me. Again, in conjunction with the Flair Awards, I think it's uh, really helped our culture you know in terms of the team building recognition having a means to step back and say hey i'm going to rec- i i think i am recognizing people much more now with office vibe because it's created that mentality for me
1: i love that you brought that up it's my favorite part so as part of office vibe what you're referring to is there this internal mechanism called good vibes where again you get to send a postcard. So it's very cool. You know, we talk about Generation Z, right? It's not, I came from the world where I'd write a thank you note, but now you get to send these electronic postcards and it's the best feeling in your inbox when you see you've received good vibes and you open it up and it's an envelope and then you put your cursor on it and it opens up. Just think about that. Think about that moment of the feeling that you get. And when you talk about engagement, kind of in the Christine Dunham language, I always say, I just, I want to interact with people and I want them to leave me with a hop in their step. More energy, just invigorated a little bit, feeling excited about whatever they're doing next. And I just think, you know, we've got our flair awards. We've got these conversations we're encouraging everybody to have. We have office vibe. We have good vibes. And it's just, I use this word quite a bit, but When I think about my role, like as people development and culture, now obviously everyone owns the culture. I feel like sometimes like, whoa, that's in my title. I'm passionate about it. But everybody, every day, in every way that they're showing up is building our culture. And I just think about all of these things that we have in place. They're like deposits. We really are. We're showing up every day. And we're all just making deposits into relationships with each other, into relationships with our clients. And then you think collectively what's happening across the organization. That's the feeling, the energy, the vibe. That's the culture. And so all of these different things are not new. And I know that. And even going into this, I'm like, oh, what's what's a big wow thing I could say? These things are proven. They are grounded in psychology. And these things work you just have to design these things well. You have to ensure that you're using them, applying them, rewarding them, communicating them, and they do work when it comes to engagement
0: and it comes to motivation. In conjunction with that, there are so many systematic IT solutions out there like Office Vibe, like Kentata, in the context of professional services. But my point is there is there is so much enablement. There's technology to address are changing lifestyle and needs that helps with this process. So I want to sort of encourage listeners to look at Office Vibe and other tools that's going to help close the gap and and bring us all together in a in a different evolving environment. So this has been great, Christine. I'm sure there's a lot more to discuss and maybe another podcast. But before I let you go, I always like to ask what my guests are reading and if they have a recommendation for listeners in terms of a good book that they should pick up and read.
1: Yeah, I like this question. And I'm giggling cuz you did warn me that you were going to ask yes, me this question I and I'm am, I am honest to a fault and I said Banu, I am reading (laughs) a fictional (laughs) book and it's called The Sunshine Sisters by Jane Green and I am enjoying it. And Jane Green's a British author and she writes kind of light and fun sort of family drama, you know, rom-com kind of books. But I thought I'm going to mention that anyway, because I'm a big fan of balance, right? So none of us need to put our head in every single professional, you know, the heavy book. So I am reading The Sunshine Sisters. I'm enjoying it thoroughly. Jane Great, I'd recommend her. But also I thought about some of the books that I've read that have been influential for me professionally. And I'm a huge fan of the Heath brothers. So Chip and Dan Heath are authors. They have multiple books. But the one book that I wanted to highlight, it's called Made to Stick: Why Some Ideas Survive and Others Die. And as an individual who needs to communicate, I'm trying to move people, inspire people, persuade people, teach people, make them feel something. Communication, I'm passionate about that obviously. But this book is it's incredible. It's the way they write is engaging. It is not dry. They use stories and I even want to highlight they have an acronym SUCCESS with 1S, but really, when it comes to Made to Stick, they talk about communicating in a way that is simple, unexpected, concrete, credible, emotional, and using stories. And I will tell you that that has just stayed with me, and that's a book I'm a fan of. And then I'll put one more little mention there for the Heath brothers. They also wrote a book called Switch, and it's How to Change When Change is Hard, And I'm a huge fan of it as well, because one thing that is inevitable in our corporate environments and our organizations is change. And really, uh, that book highlights how to not only reach people kind of rationally, but emotionally as well, right? So- those authors and those couple books are books that I would absolutely recommend. And I refer back to them to this day. And I read them many years ago. I
0: don't think I've read either of those, nor have I read any of Jane Green's books, but (laughs) I definitely will pick them up. So thanks for those recommendations. It's been great, Christine. I really appreciate your energy and, and your insights and for being on this podcast. Uh, so thank you very much. Thank
1: you so much. I'm so happy that I had a chance to chat with you
0: and to be a part of this podcast. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you for listening today. And as always, feel free to reach out to us at podcast at com with any follow up questions. We would love to hear from you. If you enjoyed this podcast, let us know by giving the show a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and leaving a comment. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, you can do so anywhere you get podcasts, on any podcast app. And to learn more about the power of Cantata's purpose-built technology, go to cantata.com. Thanks again for listening.